Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. Well, we sold our RV, our travel trailer. You may not have even known it was up for sale, um, but I did uh, send out a notice through uh, my e-newsletter and some of my social media. It was a really nice travel trailer. I uh, I hated to sell it, actually. Um... But uh, and I'll tell you why I did here in a minute. But the thing was just full of great energy, and I knew it would attract wonderful people. And uh, I'm so busy right now, I handed over the process of selling it to my mother, Peggy. My mother, Peggy, is the best, most brilliant salesperson I've ever ever known. Um, and uh, I, I think that you know whatever selling ability that I may have surely came from from my mom, and uh, and she. You know, she is uh, a hard worker and she enjoys it, you know, that's the thing. I think she's so good at it because she just enjoys it so much. And she really loves meeting people who are interested in, in buying things and, you know, she likes that whole process. And uh, But she likes selling big things, you know, she likes selling uh, land or houses or cars or, you know, an RV, you know, and... Um, she used to I think she started out selling furniture so I told my mom I said you know you're such a good salesperson that uh, I ought to just tell my my listeners and my audience that if they have something that they want to sell and they don't have the time to do it or uh, they just can't do it that they ought to contact you and and have you work as their salesperson for a commission of the sale and my mom seemed pretty excited about that idea so I'm telling you right now if you have something that you think should be sold and again you don't have the time or whatever you just send me an email uh, you'll find my email address there at joshuapwarren.com and I'll forward that email on to my mother Peggy and it's going to be kind of interesting to see what kind of uh, emails come in from people who might want to sell things and I imagine that some of you might have some rather unusual things to sell possibly who knows but anyhow my mom arranged the sale and I was so happy when the uh, the folks came down from Virginia to get it because they were experienced uh, campers and they already knew everything about how RVs work and I didn't have to educate them at all as a matter of fact uh, one member of the party uh, he was so experienced and hitching up this 26 foot travel trailer that uh, I didn't have to do a thing I just sat back and watched and they were just tickled to death and as they rolled on down the road uh, I, I thought man you know it's it's great when you have somebody who enjoys doing something that you don't enjoy doing and it makes them feel good and what I'm talking about is the fella hitching up the trailer and all that because I was always uncomfortable with that whole process Um, I've never been a real hands-on guy when it comes to heavy mechanical stuff I'm very hands-on in the laboratory when it comes to working with electrodes and capacitors and test tubes and things like that I'm fine with all that but I've never been like a, a mechanical, you know, again, uh, heavy transportation vehicle machinery type guy. I've never really been on a motorcycle other than just like dirt bikes and stuff when I was a kid. That just never really appealed uh, 
to me. And so that's one of the reasons that we decided to sell the RV. We bought it about two years ago. And I, I got it mainly because I was traveling so much that I was just tired of always having to be stuck on airplanes. And so in theory, it sounded cool to be able to, you know, hitch this, uh, again, really nice 26-foot-long um, uh, R. It's a, called a travel trailer. Hitch it up to my vehicle there, which has a nice towing package on it. Uh, and uh, we actually, I, I towed it with uh, a V8 Toyota 4Runner, and it was just almost effortless for that uh, 4Runner to pull this thing around. And the idea was that, hey, instead of having to fly all the time, I'll just schedule things differently and I'll drive. And when I get there, you know, I'll have my place to stay already. So it's, and it was just a perfect space for Lauren and myself. So that was the, the theory. But neither one of us had ever owned an RV before. My mom and dad had one for a little while when I was a kid. And, um, and then Lauren, she grew up in Texas where occasionally she would pull boats around because her family would like to go to the lake. But neither one of us had ever uh, experienced all that goes into um, to dealing with RV life. And so there was a big learning curve. Uh, and, you know, we did a lot of research and we got pretty quickly we got uh, familiar with sort of the basics of how to handle, you know, your water and your electricity and your plumbing and your sewage and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's really not that difficult once you just get a lesson or two. But I was always uncomfortable with hitching that thing up and um, and pulling it down the road. And because for one thing, you know, you have to, you really do have to learn how to maneuver those things properly because some of these RV parks have some pretty tight spaces. And the last thing you want to do is just be off by an inch or two and slam some one big heavy thing into another big heavy thing. And now you have, you know, serious issues. So it always made me nervous trying to pull these things around and back them in. Like, that's the worst part is backing them in. And then, you know, when you're going through the process of hitching it and unhitching it and all that, if you're not really careful, um, you know, you could mash your finger off easily just in a, in a blink of an eye. So, I don't know, I just, it just seemed to me like it was, uh, it was more stress than it was worth for me. And we realized after we had it for a while that... Um, this was not the solution that we were looking for. Um, and so that's why we decided to sell it. And I'm telling you this story because when we first bought this travel trailer, having never, ever driven one before, uh, we hitched it up and um, we bought it at Camping World in uh, Asheville, or outside of Asheville, North Carolina, and they were actually very great. We had a great experience with them, and um, we were very happy with the deal we got. And then we um, we drove around. They have a big parking lot, as you can imagine, and so we drove around this parking lot um, to try to learn how to drive this thing. And that was the only experience we had before we hit the road. And uh, Lauren was driving because she'd had the experience with the boats in Texas and I had had no experience pulling anything with a hitch or anything hitched up. So here we are going down this busy interstate at uh, pretty close to drive time. 
pulling this thing like, oh boy, let's hope everything's going to be fine. And the next thing we know, here is this car honking, flashing its lights, people screaming, waving their hands out the windows. We're like, oh shit. Oh god, what has happened? They're they're waving for us to pull over, pull over, pull over. So we're obviously we're starting to panic. We got adrenaline, and so we we you got to ease these things, you know, to to they you slow them down to a stop. We pulled over. I got out. Cars are zooming by 100 miles per hour. Very dangerous. You know how people are these days. They're texting. They're not expecting there to be an RV on the side of the road. They look at a text for two seconds, and boom, they kill somebody, right? So these cars are... And the people in the car that had been screaming for us to pull over had done so because on the outside of these RVs, often they have this little plastic panel. And if you open that panel there is a little shower head in there. It's like a little outside shower that you can use, I guess, if you're going to be like at the beach or something. This would be ideal for you to wash the sand off your feet or something like that. It's a little dinky thing. But apparently, um, as we were going down the road, at some point, that panel, I don't know if it had been locked or, 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 or not, but that panel had come open and so the little shower head was flopping on the side of the RV. So it wasn't any kind of a major tragedy. And I think that, honestly, we could have made it to the uh, RV park, which wasn't that far away, uh, even in that condition. But that gave us our first initial uh, scare uh, about <laughs> the reality of having a, a tragedy in this thing. And then, then we got to the RV park, okay? We're, this is, we were like, okay, we're finally going to hook this thing up and learn how to do everything. Got to the RV park. I walked inside, and uh, I saw how tight the spaces were and everything, and I was like, oh, boy. we got to take this one slow. It was August, I, I, so we're drenched in sweat, and I'm out there saying, okay, uh, we're going to back into this space, and then turn it this way turn it. and we we just couldn't get it, it, we couldn't get it right and finally I, I had to go to the guy who um owned the place real nice fellow and uh i said uh look we are uh this is our first day's rvers and this is a completely new experience for us and we're learning a lot and we we don't want to mess anything up and uh if any help you can give us and his eyes lit up and he said absolutely no problem i love helping you he came over he uh backed that thing up in two seconds perfectly and then um he had a son who worked with him and we were having some questions about how to properly unhitch the thing and his son was happy to come over and help us unhitch it and then uh, even taking the awning down can be a huge disaster if you don't know what you're doing. And they helped us. And I, and I found throughout the entire time that we had our RV experience that um, you meet a lot of people, young and old, who are they love to, to help you out if you're having a problem. And the reason I bring this up is that, you know, in my book, Use the Force... A Jedi's Guide to the Law of Attraction. I talk about the fact 
that there are a lot of people who go through their lives determined to not ask for help when they need it. And that is a mistake because a lot of people feel that if they ask for help that they are being a negative uh, impact, that they are being inconsiderate of the other person. And what a lot of folks don't realize is that many people have the opposite reaction. They love to help others because that makes them feel valuable. So if if one person has a skill, something they're really good at, then they they like to show it off. And so it's it sometimes it's because they really feel compassion, sometimes it's because they just want to show off what they can do. Sometimes it's a combination of the two, but it regardless of how it works, you'd be surprised how many people enjoy helping you if you just tell them you need help. And and it also shows that you're being humble because uh, there is no way that everybody can be good at everything. You have things that you're good at you probably don't even realize you're good at. You have things you're so good at that you probably can't believe that other people get paid to do. Because you're like, why would anybody pay anybody to do that? It's so simple. Yeah, maybe it's simple to you. But not to those who can't do it. You know, the brains are very, very diverse. And uh, honestly, you you cannot, uh, for a second, um, undercut your own ability and, and think badly of, you know, something you can do just because you can do it well. You're good at something amazing. And people who know what they're good at they often enjoy doing it because they're good at it. Now, not always. I think there are times when people can be good at something and not enjoy it. But they still do enjoy it if it's helping someone else because then it's demonstrating that what they are good at doing is contributing to making the world a better place, at least for somebody. And so... The, the, what I'm trying to stress here is that if you need something, yes, there are plenty of things you should do to try to go out there and create your own opportunities. But a part of that is being willing and comfortable with asking for help. Now, don't, you know, I'm not saying you go and you beg and you whine and you become some kind of parasite and you are expecting people to give you things like you're entitled and then you turn around and don't even say thank you uh, no I'm talking about you humble yourself you be sincere you go to someone who may be able to help you and say please I need your help anything you can do would be great and usually you'll be amazed at how much help you can get and at the end of the day they'll feel good and you'll feel good and be sure to tell them thank you and express gratitude because that's the least you can do and it doesn't cost you a penny and so I, throughout my entire life, I do as much as I can on my own. But I'm very realistic about my own strengths and weaknesses. And uh, everyone should be that way. And so if you have a weakness and uh, 
you know, face it, face it at some point. I mean, you can always try to turn your weakness into a strength on your own, but if you realize, like, eh, this just isn't my thing, that's okay. Find somebody who will say, well, this is my thing, and see what kind of help or assistance you can get. It goes back to what I was saying about my mom. My mom, um, she's a, a great salesman who in, or salesperson who enjoys the process, and uh, that's her neck, and she gets a kick out of it. And so somebody else might hate that, you know. Like I don't want to negotiate with people. I don't want to have to meet people and try to present this stuff. She loves it, and she's great at it. So, a lot of people have a lot of needs right now. They always do, right? That's a part of life. And um, those needs can be, well, anything you can imagine. I, You know, my father has got heart problems. And uh, he just, well, he's had numerous heart attacks. And just recently he had one. And I went to the hospital to visit him. And he was lying there in the hospital bed with all the wires and cords and you name it hooked up to him and the little machine that goes ping in Monty Python. Uh, that's a little bit of a joke, but uh, you know, but uh, you know, the machine that's it's uh, showing his diagnostics and everything. I mean, he's still there in uh, full patient mode. And there are nurses and doctors coming in and out and talking to him and checking on things. And so while Lauren and I were there with my mom and sister, um, door opens and a lady comes in that we have not seen before uh, in a sort of a uh, pantsuit, I guess. And she she, she seemed, uh, she was very, uh, very articulate, um, very warm presence but she came up to my dad and she said hi I'm so and so from finance <laughs> and um, so then she starts talking about uh, how all this is getting paid for you know and my dad's in a very you know cogent state of mind I mean he's he understands everything that's going on and so do the rest of us but to me, it just sounds like a bunch of, you know, and we all know that hospitals are out to ream us. I mean, it's uh, it's one of the biggest scams in the world, um, how the insurance and the pharmaceutical industry all work together to jack up everybody's costs and stuff. It's It really is criminal that this allows to proceed the way it does in our country compared to many other countries. But, uh, anyway um i thought man you know this guy's just had a heart attack and she's basically explaining here you know that there's a you now owe over a hundred thousand dollars you know which that and um and then you know you, you find out at that point just how good your insurance really is and then of course well, what happens if you don't have insurance well look all of these issues ought to be kind of meaningless when you're lying there in in the bed hooked up and uh 
you know, you've clearly had a heart attack and and they just told you that, you know, and they're putting in stents and things. It's not like you've been laying there for a week and you're needlessly taking up space. I mean, no, you just, they will you in there and they say, yep, you're having a, you're about to die. And they, you know, they're trying to fix your heart up. And at the same time, they're talking to you about finances. I mean, I can't imagine uh, how stressful that is for people who are having medical problems and other types of really personal issues and they just can't figure out a way uh, to get the money they need or they can't figure out a way to, uh, to to make a transaction happen in their business or to change something in their relationship status or, you know, what, again, I'll go down the list of everything that humans humans want to know things about. Well, uh, what I'm leading up here to is that I recently have been talking to my friend Santero Longley who lives in San Juan, Puerto Rico and um, he is going to be traveling very soon um, and that's not something that he does too much uh, probably it'll be in a couple of months and he's not sure about you know if he's going to go back to Puerto Rico or not uh, none of us are because we're waiting to see what the new hurricane season's going to look like because they just can't keep everything running down there even when the weather's perfect so we'll see how it is when the hurricanes kick back in um but anyway i was talking to him and he was saying to me what i love to do what my purpose is is to take what i've learned and to help other people by consulting with them by giving them advice he said that's why i'm a priest you know i am a priest of ifa i have taken an oath that i will help people and he has been a friend of mine for a long time over 10 years i've never seen him ask anybody outright for money in exchange for advice but I think it's always good to at least give a donation of some kind if you're going to seek some advice because you can't get something for nothing if you expect that something to be any good, right? That's one of the principles of uh, the IFA and the Santeria. And he told me that for a limited time here, before he starts traveling, that if you would like to call him, whoever you are, wherever you are, then he would be happy to talk to you. And this is not like some 1-900 number or anything like that. As a matter of fact, before I even have mentioned this, I got uh, an email and a letter from a man, who a businessman in Texas a while back. This has only been uh, less than a month ago. And he said, I'm interested in consulting with Sentero Longley. Can you put me in touch with him? And so I passed the information along. And so Sentero Longley did a consultation with the guy. And uh, the guy was so thrilled that he was able to quickly take that advice, turn right around and say, you were absolutely right. The advice you gave me was the right advice. And uh, now, you know, they have a new friendship and... Um, you know that he Santero Longley sent him some cool stuff, and uh, he has sent, uh, from what I understand, some contribution to Santero Longley, and everybody's happy. Uh, 
So, and this guy works in a big, big, big business, you know, like part of the drilling business in Texas was getting Santero Longley's advice, and he, he enjoys that. So what I'm going to do here is something that I have never done before. I'm going to give a personal phone number out on the air, so to speak. And that's because Santero Longley does not really do email, okay? He can, uh, under e- extreme circumstances, if need be, check his email and, and maybe get some basic information. But he, I've never received an email from him. The e- he doesn't like technology, uh, he is very much in touch with the more organic way of doing things. And you've heard me talk about him on this podcast before, so you ought to understand. He is a man who's up in years. He has seen a lot. He has learned a lot. He has traveled a lot. And um, he's very personable and sociable, and he enjoys talking on the telephone. So, if you would like to call him, here's his number. This is his personal number, so be respectful of that. Uh, his hours are pretty normal. He gets up in the morning and he goes to bed at night, you know, it's that sort of thing. And he lives again in Puerto Rico, which is more or less on East Coast time. Um, here's the information. Santero David Longley. L-O-N-G-L-E-Y. David Longley. Santero David Longley. His telephone number is... Of course, uh, one is the code for the United States, and then the area code is uh, 787-545-4917. Again, that is 787-545-4917. And I will repeat that again for you in a minute. And so when you call... He will probably just pick up and say hello, and you say, Hi, Santero uh, Longley, my name is such and such, and I live in such and such, and I listened to Joshua Warren's podcast, and he said that you are taking uh, consultations. And from there, you just start talking to him. Okay, there's no, there's no demand there's no price for making the phone call. You just tell him what's on your mind, and you can discuss it and just take it from there, okay, and work it out. Uh, but I've had a lot of people tell me that um, they've had life-changing experiences from consulting with him, and he can do readings over the, well, remotely, and he doesn't necessarily do them on the spot, but he can get your information and meditate and do a reading and then send you the information he gets and all that kind of stuff. So, it's pretty cool. Uh, you're not going to have this opportunity very often, especially from someone that uh, I endorse. He is the only Sentero I've ever endorsed, and I have known a number of them, and some of them are better than others, let's put it this way. But he's also a personal friend, and so you can trust in this guy. Um, so anyway, again, his name is Santero David Longley, and his number is 787 545 4917. That's 787 545 4917. Because there is no shame in asking for help, saying, I need some advice. That's what this whole life is about. It's a big classroom, it's a big opportunity for you to learn. But you can't learn exactly the answer to your question sometimes unless you ask the question 
and that's what this is all about. All right, I've got uh, a lot of stuff going on, as you know, so that's it for today's podcast. This podcast is called Joshua P. Warren Daily because I try to leave one for you every day. It's always short. It's always free. If you go to my website, joshuapwarren.com, you'll find a lot of cool stuff. There is no period after the P if you go to joshuapwarren.com. You'll also find my email address there, and you'll find a link to this podcast And you can subscribe through various means or follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren and I will tweet when a new one is available. So thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious and I will talk to you again soon.